Uh, Matthew continues his report in the Gospel and from chapter, from chapter 28, 11 to 20. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave sufficient money, some of money, to the soldiers and said, Tell people his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has spread among the Jews to this day. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Thank you, Francis. We're going to look at this passage together now. Let's pray and ask God for his help as we do. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, how it shows us that Jesus is risen. Please help us as we look at it together to understand. Please work in it, in, in our hearts, through it, to grow us in faith in Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen. I encourage you, if you have a Bible with you or even an app on your phone, to follow along as we work through this passage this morning. Uh, I, had a, uh, I read a really interesting news article yesterday that I wanted to share with you. The, uh, the headline or the title was, Lego introduces new sharper bricks that instantly kill you when you step on them. Uh, the article goes on to say this, Lego has just introduced new and improved interlocking plastic bricks that will instantly kill you when you step on them, sources at the, headquarters company, the company's headquarters confirmed Thursday. The sharper edges in the new design will just immediately put you out of your misery so you don't have to roll around on the ground in excruciating pain for minutes on end. Funny? I thought so. Uh, maybe you think so if you've ever stepped on a piece of Lego. Does it sound like a good idea? I'm not so sure. There's a lot of Lego that gets left on the floor in our house. Is it true? Definitely not. And I'm guessing you picked that up. Uh, you see, I found that news article from the satire website, the Babylon Bee. It's a joke. It looks like news, but it's not. It's fake. But it's not always so easy to tell the difference between real news and fake news, is it? Uh, sometimes it's really hard. And it can actually have pretty serious consequences. 
In fact, if the news article is about how to respond to a natural disaster or if it's about a medicine that you need, not being able to spot a fake might be a matter of life and death. You know, this Easter Sunday morning, we're, we're here together to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead nearly 2,000 years ago. But is that real news or is it fake news? In the passage we just read, we see both opinions. Some people are trying to pass Jesus' resurrection off as a hoax, as fake news. You you still see people today who who think that the resurrection is fake news. Maybe you're here this morning, you're visiting with us, and and that's where you're at. That's okay, I'm, I'm really glad you're here. But what we make of the resurrection of Jesus, it is even more significant than figuring out real or fake news on the internet. It's a matter of eternal life or death. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says this is so important that if the resurrection is fake news, then our faith is a waste of time. We are fools to be pitied, and we're wasting our time here this morning. But if Jesus' resurrection is real good news, if Jesus is actually risen, then this is a matter of finding eternal life, of living with great joy, of being free from the fear of death to to come to God with confidence. So let's have a look at what what Matthew says. Let's see how he lays out the facts, shows us the fake news, and points us to the real good news that Jesus is risen. Good news that will call for a response from all of us. So let's have a look for ourselves. We start with the facts. See, this is really part two of a story that started on Friday. On Friday, we saw how Jesus was arrested by the Jewish leaders, convicted on trumped-up charges so they could put him to death, dragged before the Roman governor Pilate and convicted to death by execution, uh, by, by crucifixion. Crucifixion, it was the most painful, most humiliating method of execution the Romans could come up with. And they were really good at it. What's more, it was considered to be something that was cursed by God. See, it looked, as Jesus hung there, that that he was forsaken and judged by God. It seemed that God wouldn't save him and he couldn't save himself. The sky went dark, a sign of God's judgment. And even Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But Jesus wasn't forsaken because of something that he had done. He was forsaken for us. He died for our sins. To take the punishment and the shame and the curse that we deserve. To open the way for us to come to God with confidence. He breathed his last and he died. Later his body was taken down and laid in a tomb. Which brings us to the first important fact that Matthew wants us to see. The empty tomb. We saw at the start of our reading that the religious leaders, they were so worried about this, they got the Roman governor to give them a guard of soldiers to guard the tomb. They desperately didn't want an empty tomb. 
They didn't want the disciples to steal the body and mislead the people. But their guards didn't do them much good. On Sunday morning, two of Jesus' followers, Mary and Mary, they went to check out the tomb. But on the way, there's this great earthquake. An angel comes down and rolls the stone back. The guards are terrified and they fall to the ground like dead men. And the women are freaked out too, but the angel talks to them in verse 5. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. The angel says, see the evidence. The tomb is empty. Jesus isn't there. It's not that the women have turned up at the wrong tomb. The women saw the tomb on Friday night. And the angel, he tells them to look at the place where Jesus lay. Jesus isn't here because he's risen from the dead. Just as he said he would. And the angel tells the women to look. To see it with their own eyes. That's a real reason he rolls the stone back. Not to let Jesus out. Jesus is able to get through locked doors after he's raised. He doesn't need letting out. The angel rolls the stone back to let the witnesses in. So that they can see that the tomb is empty. It's the smoking gun. That big piece of evidence. Still today, no one has ever found Jesus' body. All the Jewish leaders had to do to disprove Christianity was produce Jesus' body. But they couldn't do it because it's not there anymore. That's the first fact, the empty tomb. But we also have the witnesses. The two Marys, they see the empty tomb with their own eyes. The angel tells them to go straight away and tell the disciples, Jesus will meet them in Galilee. So they run off. Still afraid, but now filled with great joy and overflowing with good news. But on their way, they meet someone. They meet Jesus. Verse 9. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee And there they will see me. See, Jesus is there. He's not a ghost. He's not a hallucination. He's flesh and blood. They recognize him. They grab hold of his feet and they worship him. He reassures them and he sends them to tell his disciples to meet them, meet him in Galilee. This is powerful evidence. In the ancient world, women could not give testimony in court. If you're making up a new religion, you don't have your first witnesses be women. But here they are. The first ones to see the risen Jesus for themselves. But they're by no means the last. The disciples see Jesus. We'll get to that a little later. And Paul says more than 500 people saw the risen Jesus at the same time. And remember, these books, they were only written a few decades after all this happened. This is living memory. It would be like me writing a history of the Gulf War from the 90s. You can go and check it out. You can talk to people who were there. 
Matthew's laid out the facts. The tomb is empty. The women and the disciples have seen Jesus. What will we do with this? Is the resurrection real? Or is it fake news? Well, there is some fake news in this passage. But it's not Jesus' resurrection. It's spread by the religious leaders. After the women leave, the guards, they run back into the city to tell the religious leaders what happened. Remember, these are the religious bigwigs of Jesus' day. They're supposed to teach God's people, to lead God's people in worship. And the guards come and tell them everything that's happened. There was an angel from God, bright as lightning, clothes white as snow. Jesus' body is gone. The angel says that Jesus is risen, just like he said. How do the religious leaders react to this? Do they run to find Jesus to worship him? Do they repent of putting Jesus to death? Verse 12. When they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell people, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. They cover up what God is doing. They bribed the guards to spread fake news. It was a dangerous lie for these guards to spread. Failing their duty as Roman soldiers was serious. Falling asleep on the job, it might even get them executed. And so the religious leaders sweetened the deal with cash, a bribe. Matthew tells it it was a sufficient sum. He doesn't name the amount. It would have had to be very sufficient to get them to risk their lives like that. Maybe they were set for life. And the Pharisees, the leaders, they promised to run interference for them. If you get in trouble, probably with more bribes. Pilate was partial to a good bribe. How did the guards respond to this? Verse 15. So they took the money and they did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Earlier in Matthew... Jesus said that you cannot serve both God and money. One of those things will come out on top to rule your life and your heart. And for these guards, money rules. It's enough to get them to ignore what God has done and spread a lie. There is fake news at Easter, but it's not that Jesus has risen. It's the lie that the disciples managed to get past the guards and seal the body. But that's not what happened at all. No, Jesus' resurrection is actually real good news. The disciples get to see it for themselves when they get to Galilee. Verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. See, they see Jesus and they fall at his feet and worship him. This is huge. One of the core beliefs of the Jews is that there is only one God. It is a great sin to worship any other being. And yet Jesus' disciples, good Jews, they fall down and they worship Jesus. See, they recognise that Jesus' resurrection proves something incredible. It proves that Jesus really is God's son. 
On the cross, many mocked Jesus. If you're really God's son, save yourself. If you're really God's son, why isn't God rescuing you? But Jesus' resurrection proves that he really is God's son. God did not abandon him, he raised him. As God's son, he is equal with God and so worthy of honour and praise and worship. He is the risen, vindicated son, the glorious king. This doesn't mean that the disciples were perfect. Notice even here that some doubt. Some are still uncertain. Some still struggle with doubts. But they still worship Jesus. That's actually good news for you and I when we struggle with doubt. We aren't alone. But our response is to look to Jesus and worship him as the risen victorious son, the glorious king. This fits with what Jesus says next too. By his resurrection, he is vindicated, victorious, proved to be God's son and God's promised king. See what he says in verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. See, on the cross it seemed that Jesus was cursed, abandoned, forsaken by God. If he had been a sinner like us, it would have been deserved. Death would have been the right penalty for Jesus, just as it is for us. And he would have stayed dead. But Jesus was not dying for his own sins. He was dying for ours. He was taking the punishment that we deserve. And the resurrection is proof of that. He is vindicated as a righteous, obedient son of God. His resurrection also shows that our debt has been paid in full. There's no outstanding part to tidy up, no last bit to cover. Jesus has paid it all. And he is raised in victory to show it. But Jesus' resurrection also shows us that he is God's promised king, the risen victorious king. Psalm 2 talked about a king that, would, that God would make the nations his heritage and the end of, ends of the earth his possession. That's Jesus. But even more than that, Jesus has authority, all authority on earth and in heaven. Daniel 7 talked about a son of man who comes to the Father on the clouds of heaven and is given a kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. His kingdom will last forever and never be destroyed. That's what Jesus has been saying since the beginning of his gospel. When he came proclaiming that the kingdom of heaven is at hand and calling people to repent and follow him. And in Jesus' resurrection, we see that the kingdom is here. Jesus is God's risen, victorious king. And everything is now his. This is the climax of the gospel. This is the peak of the good news. Jesus has defeated sin and death. He is risen in power and glory and the kingdom has now come. That's what we celebrate today, this Easter Sunday. It's more important than Easter eggs or bunnies. It's better than a long weekend off work. 
It's more world-changing than a camping trip or enjoying a barbecue with mates or anything else you could do. Jesus is risen. And this moment in history of Jesus' resurrection is like a trumpet blast that declares this good news with power for all to hear. It echoes around creation and down through history. The king has come. The kingdom is here. Respond to Jesus, the risen king. See, this good news of Jesus, the risen king, it demands a response. Jesus has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. He will one day return in power to judge the living and the dead. What will you do about it? Well, I want to suggest that the responses of this people in the passage, they actually prompt us to see what our response should be too. I want to say four things. We should see, believe, follow and tell. We're going to zip through them really quickly. First, we should see Jesus, the resurrected King. Notice that's the first command that the angel gives to the women outside the tomb. Verse 6, he is not here for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where he was laid. The angel wants them to bear witness, to see with their own eyes. So he tells them to look, look at the empty tomb, see the place he lay. The first response is simply for us to see the truth of Jesus' resurrection. Now, I'm not saying we need to see the risen Jesus in the flesh with our own eyes. Or that we should all book a trip to Jerusalem now to see an empty tomb. But we should investigate, to look into, to see afresh the truth of Jesus' resurrection. We get to see it through the eyewitness accounts recorded for us in the Bible like Matthew's that we just read. But also, if you're curious or if you're unsure, look into all the evidence about Jesus' resurrection and see it for yourself. Many people have tried to prove that Jesus didn't rise from the dead and ended up convinced. Maybe you're here and you're not someone who has trusted in Jesus. Maybe you're not sure if the resurrection is real or fake news. Well, take a look and see. Investigate it for yourself. See that Jesus is risen. And second, believe. You see, this is more than just seeing the truth that Jesus is risen. It means choosing to act on that truth by trusting Jesus and following him. If you truly believe that Jesus is risen and he has been given all authority in heaven and on earth, then it will change your whole life. The guards don't take this step. They see it all. They know it's true, but they love the world more. It's not enough that it's true. They don't believe. They don't follow Jesus. And there's a bit of a warning here for us too. We can't serve God and money. You can't have one foot in for following Jesus and one foot in the world. You will be drawn away. This doesn't mean, believing doesn't mean that you'll never struggle with doubt. Even the disciples struggled with doubt. But it does mean turning towards Jesus and living for him. Third, follow him. See, in light of the fact that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him, 
Jesus sends the disciples to go out into all the world to bear witness and to make disciples. See it in verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. See, this good news of Jesus as king is not just for the Jews. It's for all the nations because Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. And responding to this good news will mean becoming a disciple, including being baptised and being taught. Baptism, it's a picture of God's promise to wash away our sins and to make us a part of his people in Jesus. It's also a declaration of our allegiance to Jesus, a sign that we've passed from death to life by trusting in him and we've become a part of his people. If you haven't been baptised... Following Jesus will mean being baptised. That's part of being a disciple. Come and have a chat with me if you'd like to know more. And being a disciple will also mean being taught and growing in all that Jesus has commanded. If Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth, we'd better listen to what he says. Our right response to the risen King Jesus will be to hear and to obey all that he commands. And last, tell. I don't know if you notice how often this comes up in the passage. Let, let me give you a quick recap. The Pharisees were worried about the disciples telling that Jesus has risen. The angel tells the woman that Jesus has risen and commands them to go and tell the disciples. Jesus himself commands the women to tell the disciples what's happened. The Pharisees get the, the, the guards to tell everyone the false news. And then Jesus sends the disciples to make disciples by telling the gospel and telling all that he's commanded. It's everywhere. And now the 11 disciples, they have a unique one-time role in this. They were the eyewitnesses to Jesus' ministry and death and resurrection. We aren't witnesses like they are. But Jesus is setting the outward trajectory for his church. This real good news is good news to be told. News to be shared. Jesus is risen. He offers eternal life. Repent and believe the good news. This is news to be shared with our neighbours, our friends, our family, our co-workers, those we meet in church. It's news to be shared with each other in encouragement and with outsiders. This doesn't mean a big spiel every time. But it does mean as we grow in wonder at Jesus, as we see him and his grace to us, as we get a clearer sense of what he's done for us through his death and resurrection, as we grow to understand more and more the reality of hell and judgment and the fact that Jesus is coming back, as we grow in these things, we will be seeking every opportunity we can to proclaim Jesus and speak of him. It might even just start this week with talking about how you went to church on Easter Sunday. And you're reminded about why we believe that Jesus truly is risen. It seems intimidating at times, but we aren't alone in it. This gospel actually ends where it began. 
Remember back in Matthew chapter 1, the angel told Joseph that Jesus would be Emmanuel, God with us. And now, at the end, Jesus declares that he is with his people always, to the end of the age. Jesus doesn't leave us on our own. He is with us by his Spirit. He is working through his word and he is growing us to be more like him. Pharisees, they might have tried to spread fake news, but the resurrection of Jesus is very real. The empty tomb shows it. The witnesses declared it. And we must respond to it. The real good news of Easter is that Jesus is the risen, victorious King. Will you see it? Believe in him. Follow him. And tell this good news this Easter Sunday. Know that the risen King Jesus is with you as you do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus' resurrection from the dead. That he is declared to be the Son of God with power. We thank you that his death for us paid for our sin. And that in him we have eternal life. The sure hope of our own resurrection with you. Please help us trust in him. To see the truth of the resurrection. To follow him. And to proclaim this good news to others. We ask that we too would join in telling the good news of Jesus, the risen victorious King. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.